Welcome to episode four of the Journey to Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Gregg. I started this journey to being a brave mom because I was really tired of being afraid. I had had it with the fears having me on the run. You know, I struggled with a lot of mommy fears that had me holding my kids so close. But at the same time, I wanted a full life for my kids and I wanted them to be able to walk in everything God had for them. But fear was in my way. So I set out on a journey to grow, a journey to build my bravery so that I could build my kids in that very same way. And for this podcast, it's my heart to just share that with you, but also challenge you along the way with some of the things that I've practiced in my own life to get there. And that's what some of the Brave Mom challenges are meant to do. And I will assign those at the very end of each episode. So in episode two, we talked about facing fear. Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man will prove to be a snare, a trap. And that's what the enemy wants, right? To trap us and to keep us from doing the things that we want to do for God and from raising bold Christ followers. But instead, he wants to see us shrink back in fear. So we got to be willing to face it and be brave. I left you with a challenge to list all your fears out, to just get them all out in the open, both personally and mommy related. Because when we expose our fears, we expose the lies of the enemy. And then we can replace it with truth, God's truth. And that's where the shift happens. I also shared some bonus content. I brought my three older kids onto the podcast, ages eight, six, and six. Yes, you heard that right. I have a sweet little pair of twins amongst my four children. But I let each one of them share their biggest fear and what scripture they use to overcome it. So be sure to check that out. Today's topic is fear followed. We're going back to the story of Moses. The Israelites are in slavery. They are God's chosen people. So he sends Moses to free them from Pharaoh's rule in Egypt. And, you know, this was no easy task. There were many intense plagues that carried on and on in an effort to get Pharaoh to crack to free them. And it really looked like Pharaoh was never going to do that. But then he finally does. I can only imagine the excitement the Israelites were feeling, the relief, the celebration as they pack up from 400 years of slavery. So they set off to leave Egypt and enjoy this new freedom. But they get to kind of what looks like a dead end where they have the Red Sea on one side of them. And then on the other side is Pharaoh's entire army, chariots and horsemen coming full force to attack them. Fear followed them. The Israelites, they have no weapons. They have no training, no way to stand against the equipped army that is coming towards them. And they have nowhere to flee, nowhere to run. 
they panic as fear comes after them. Now, we know in the story that God pulls off a miracle just when they are fear-filled and convinced that there is no way out of this one. He makes a way. Moses takes the staff and parts the Red Sea. And once they are safe on the other side, the waters fall and come crashing down on Pharaoh's entire army. Now, the Israelites are really free and they celebrate. You can read about this song of celebration in chapter 15 of the book of Exodus. So they continue on their journey to the land God promised them, overflowing with milk and honey. But about two months after their miraculous Red Sea deliverance, actually in the very next chapter, chapter 16, they are in the desert and they are grumbling from fear of provisions. Let me read verse 2 and 3 to you. Chapter 16. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now, this is a really large group of people, around 6,000. It's no small group to feed, especially in the desert conditions. So you can just imagine the steep challenges of food and water and just how scary that must have been for them and their families and their children. Again, fear followed them, making them think it was over. It wasn't possible for them to survive the conditions, but God takes care of their needs and he rains down bread from heaven. He cracks rock for streams of water to come gushing out. So after 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, they finally make it to the promised land. What a relief. They should be celebrating, but instead they are afraid. Fear followed them again. There is a powerful people living there with fortified cities, much too large for them to conquer. They make remarks about how it would have been better to die in the wilderness or just go back to Egypt. As the Israelites went about their journey, fear just followed them from place to place to place. Mama, do you ever feel like fear is just following you around, waiting for the perfect opportunity to intimidate you, discourage you, distract you, or derail you from your mission or purpose? You get somewhere in life where you really start to feel good and confident. Maybe you even want to celebrate. You're feeling hopeful. Then a fear comes along and threatens to shake you from the inside out to steal your joy and kill your faith. It never fails to happen. It always shows back up again. Well, that's kind of what fear does. Scripture says that the enemy prowls around looking for an opportunity to overcome and discourage us, a chance to frazzle us with fear. You know, Mama, I'm going to be real with you. The enemy is good at instilling fear. He really is. Evil is real. 
The threats are real. The things he uses to scare me with can actually happen. Just like the Israelites being up against the Red Sea with nowhere to go and no way to fight. That situation was real. It was extremely possible for them to have been taken out by Pharaoh's army. This is what makes the enemy's fear tactics so effective. But however possible those situations are, we have to remember that we serve a God who does impossible things. We serve a God who is a way maker, who performs signs and wonders and miracles for his people. And just like he showed up faithfully to prove fear a liar for the Israelites, he will for me and for my kids and for your family as well. In closing, I want to take you over to the book of Matthew. When Jesus is talking with Peter, he shows us Satan's rightful place when he says, get behind me. Mama, I don't know what fears you face right now. I don't know if you are facing fears of illness or death or bankruptcy, job loss, divorce, or just weariness and depression. But in all areas of life, no matter how possible the threat, Satan's place is behind you, brave mama. So let's not turn around and get distracted by the noise he's making behind us. But instead, let's keep our eyes fixed on the one who goes before us. Because in front of us are an abundance of God's gifts, peace, joy, comfort, security, hope, and confidence. So I would love to leave you with a Brave Mom Challenge. Let's put some of this into practice so we can grow stronger and more faith-filled versus fear-filled. Let's keep our eyes fixed. Let's practice turning our eyes from the fear of the world to the work and wonder of our incredible God. When that fear starts tapping us on the shoulder and following us from place to place, just showing back up again, let's stay fixed on the one who cast out all fear. I challenge you, brave mama, to keep your eyes fixed on him in all things, under all circumstances. If you want to connect more with our Brave Moms community, you can find that group on Facebook. It's called Brave Moms. You know, most of us moms have fears that seem to just chase us around through life. So if you know a mom who would be encouraged by this word, would you share it with her mom? Would you lift her up with an encouraging word? Until next week, mamas, be brave. Be brave.